Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Out of the Drawing Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast. Where each week, we discuss two episodes from the Pokemon anime and just random topics that pop into our heads. Just a quick reminder, we are an E for explicit podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart go boom, boom. My supernova girl. Ooh, is that a little foreshadowing to what you may have done this week? Yes, it was. Ooh. Cool deal. Foreshadowing the year 2049. That's right. That's right. And speaking of years, here's Alex, our other host. That doesn't really work. But years? Hey, Alex, how you doing? Is, <laughs> this, is this like a, a subtle dig, the fact that I'm old? Is that what you're trying to do? No, it's uh, you're young and hip and here to right. do your thing. Young, right. hip, the dream team's back together again this week. It's exciting. I've been doing nothing but sitting in my room watching TV, but I finished two series and then i started i was like what can i watch next so then i watched forensic files the first series was hellbound i don't know if you guys ever heard of that on netflix and the second was the boys i've caught up on season two Mm. of the boys so is that the superhero one yes oh my gosh um the guy that looks like zach from saved by the bell yes okay he looks like him. Come on. I see y'all smiling. He looks like him. That's, <laughs> I guess that could be you, him. you mentioned that. Yeah. I guess a little. He's got like the California boy blonde hair thing going on. For sure. I thought that was Zach. Apparently he's an actor from New Zealand. Just FYI. But no, it's very good. I would recommend it. I was like literally like, oh my God, this is wild. Hmm. The boys. Mm-hmm. Is that HBO? I mean, th- we talked about this before we started. We talk about this every pod. There's too much <laughs> streaming right now. Yeah. That's it's my rant. It's Amazon, not that I'm Amazon. See, I didn't even get that right. Amazon. The other, but. Is there anything else, Alex, or is that pretty much it for you? Aside from some real life stuff, which I dealt with this week, which I won't get into because that's not why we're here. We're here to escape reality and all the horrors that that entails. What about you, Austin? I mean, it's summer. I know normal people go outside during the <laughs> summer, but for us agoraphobes, summer's the perfect time to get caught up on TV. What can I say? There's bees and stuff outside. There's bees and stuff in the sun. Ugh. There is. Why do we even have that thing? Godly. Yeah, it's dangerous. Uh, I mean, I've, I've watched a bunch of shows. I watched um, Flight Attendant, Hacks. Um, Wait, Flight Attendant, Hacks? Flight Attendant, comma, Hacks, oh. comma. Like, that's the title of it, or is it two separate things? Or two, uh, tons of different shows. I okay. I multiple shows. Oh, I... I, <laughs> I, I thought you were like, pose. Flight Attendant, Hack a Plane. No, 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 I thought Here we it go. was how to be a better flight attendant. Like, if you're a flight attendant, these <laughs> oh, are some life hacks. <laughs> how to avoid no, a No, it's not like murder and stuff, of course. <laughs> how to deal with belligerent passengers. Yeah, I mean, apparently we need that these days. True. People are getting worse and worse and worse. I want to know... So, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I did not see the Snapchat videos until after. There's something wrong with my phone. I don't know. But okay. I want to know... What happened in your pizza Geddon like issue that oh, you were Christ. having? <laughs> okay, the, the same apartment where I have twice set water on fire. Uh, what water on fire? Okay, put water in a pot. Put pot oh, on stove. Oh, okay. Turn okay. on heat. The 
pot burst into oh flames. My oh my twice. god, that's not funny. Something else funny. had to be in there, right? What? Something else had to be in there. No, pan. it's perfectly clean. <laughs> Something's I don't in know your water. <laughs> Something's in your water. That's very possible. You have like minerals or like heavy metals in your water. Yeah. You may have a gas leak coming out of your um I'd be somewhere. more shocked if I didn't at this point. The most recent thing that happened was I put a pizza in the oven, you know, preheat oven, put pizza in, put timer. Okay, now the timer is beep, beep. Now I'm opening the oven. The pizza has melted through the rack, folded in on itself and fallen through the rack. What? And so I try, yeah, so I tried to like salvage the situation with the the tray. The the crust comes off. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh shit! So I try to do like a like a like a quick maneuver, like to trick the pizza. <laughs> <he's> getting out. <laughs> uh, so this results in the pizza again <laughs> melting through the rack, and now it's on the bottom of the oven. Oh, the no. cheese is everywhere, like oh, everywhere. Austin. The fact that I was able to get as much out of that oven while it was still hot was amazing. So there's a video of the end result, and it's something to behold. Did you didn't use a pizza pan or anything like I that? I did use a pizza pan. Oh, okay. I was just it just melted. I mean, through? I put it directly on the rack, and I scoop tried to scoop it up with a pizza pan, which is more complicated than like, you could possibly imagine. <laughs> That's awful. Oh, R.I.P. Pizza. How that was taste? one adventure this weekend. Did you taste it afterwards? What the pizza? Did were you able to get a piece and taste it, or is it just completely gone? It was just bread. Oh, <laughs> it looked awful. I saw the picture. I wouldn't eat that. There was nothing left. (laughs) I still need to clean that oven. Jesus. Oh, God. So that was one night. Last night, I was watching Zedon Girl, the 21st century, up till four in the morning. Perfect flick. Which, I I gotta be honest, holds up a lot better than you might think. It really does. It's surprising, isn't it? I mean, it's not good, of course, but for what it is, I'm like, oh, this is actually, I can see why this is so popular with the tweens. Is this the one with the virus, right? Yeah, the first one with okay. the virus. I remember the second one being the best one, but I didn't watch that one. That's the one yet. when the aliens call, I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I remember this. And the third one sucks. I was super shocked that you've never seen this before, Alex. I have not. I honestly don't know what you guys are talking about, so I apologize. Do you know Eloise? Like the children's book, Eloise? Vaguely. Okay. Uh, it's like Eloise in space, but also she saves the world. And this is from the 90s. Late 90s. Okay. The only way it doesn't make sense is that they've been in space for so long that when she comes back to Earth, she wouldn't be as healthy as she is. Kind of, you know, like there's that thing that people live in space and they come back and their bone density is not quite right. What happens is she comes to Earth and she's like 30% more heavy. So she falls to the ground and then she immediately starts sneezing everywhere, presumably because of allergies, I guess. No, no, no. It's because the space station is a perfect life. And there's never been any disease. No one's so ever got sick. she would die. Yeah, yeah. No one's ever got cold, sick. A cold would kill her. Yeah, this, no one's ever gotten any sort of ailment on the space station that she lived on for 13 years. You remember this movie better than I do. And I just saw it last night. No, I just remember the stupid parts of it where I was like, oh, this is, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there was a lot of stupid parts. Like, I, I, that's a whole podcast. We'll do a Xenon <laughs> We'll do a Xenon. <laughs> All right, I need to catch up on this. I'm sure someone's done a Disney Channel original movie it's, podcast that has to have happened i'm sure oh yeah cheetah girls cheetah girls smart house smart house yeah 
Have you seen that, Alex? Morehouse? Okay. Maybe we haven't talked about this. Maybe we talked about this off podcast, but I'm not sure. Growing up, I did not have access to cable TV, so I did not partake in Disney Channel or like Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network or any of that stuff. I could only watch it very sparingly when I went to go visit family that did have access to that, so I did not watch it. And by the time we like got cable and you know came into the 21st century, I was too old for that. It's always time to revisit. What's funny is I remember our cable package didn't have Disney Channel until like 20 or 2002 or so. So I had to like catch up with these stupid things. I think I was probably after that, like probably like 2003, maybe like later. But by that time I was like, eh. The best one was Phantom of the Megaplex. Yeah, I, that one was pretty good. All right, that's enough for me. That's it for you. Chico, <laughs> okay. how you doing? I, I too engaged in the cinema this week and I saw... Top Gun Maverick. Oh my god. 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 And is it as good as everyone says? It is awesome. Really? Oh my god. It is actually amazing. And I'm not saying that just to hype it up. I thought it was that's I haven't been in the movies in three years. Wow. I think. I think the last movie I saw in, in the theaters was Rise of Skywalker. And Ooh. yeah. It didn't end on it didn't end on a good note. But luckily this was a good note. Because it was oh my gosh. It was amazing. I just, I don't know what else to say. It, I can't say anything without, there's not too much spoil, things to spoil in it, but like, it's just great. What is so good about it? Is it just like Mad Max Fury Road where it's just like, you gotta see it? Okay, stop. I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you. Mad Max Fury Road was the most frustrating shit I've ever witnessed in my life. Sorry. we can Really? Yes. You may not like this one then. No, no, I'm kidding. I loved uh, Mad Max, but this one is like... I don't know. It just has a good balance of there being like, okay, there's like a little bit of love plot. Oh, there's a little bit like of nostalgia from the old one, which I'll, I'll confess here. I haven't even watched the first one. This is my first top one oh. movie I've seen. I already knew what happened in the first one, though, so I wasn't like spoiled. But honestly, what gets me with this is like the filming and how real it feels when they're inside the jets flying. Like, you get to see, like, their faces and stuff like that, and it literally feels like when they make a sharp turn, it's like you're making the turn with them. That was the coolest thing about it. And, of course, you have, you know, Maverick, who's just, like, the most badass guy, and he's sitting there, like, and does everything easy for him. And it's just, like, the good, like, old action movie. It's like a revitalized action genre movie. I can't say anything. I need to see this fucking movie. <laughs> you do. Which I never, which I thought it was going to be terrible, so I'm just, I'm so bewildered and intrigued i was too because you know they could have just they could have made this and put it out there and it been just a cheap little cheesy sequel but somehow it just works how the story's paced how they go in and the mission's like unique enough to where it makes sense it's uh it's just really well written and the acting's really cool too with it that's interesting i thought for sure it was more of like a riding on the nostalgia coattails type thing like tom cruise whatever but See, it's really weird. It, like, touches on, like, Goose's death, but it doesn't dwell on it. Like, it acknowledges that it happened, and then a little bit of the movie's, like, moving past that. But it's not, like, sitting there harping on it. Is Miles Teller Goose's son? Is that the actor's name? Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's Rooster. Really? Okay. Yeah, that's his call sign in this one. Cocky. Ah! Yeah, it's interesting. I, I really suggest you go see it. And I think it's one that, um, it wouldn't be the same if you saw it in your home. Okay. I think if you got into a nice like IMAX or a nice big theater and saw it like just the way that the filming is done, it feels good on a big screen. 
Interesting. All right. God, I'm so curious. Okay. It, it, I was too. Exactly. It just sparks your curiosity. My other question is, how homoerotic is oh my God. the beach football scene? I know that's the <laughs> sequel to the volleyball sequence. Is it true to the original? No. Damn it! The beach volleyball scene, was there something like they were trying to teach the kids in that? Or was it just like... No, oh. it was completely random. It was okay. like the movie's happening and suddenly we're in like a music video of like greased up muscle men <laughs> flexing on the volleyball court. For three minutes and it's like what the fuck is going on that's why it's so infamous <laughs> there's like a little bit of like them showing off the guys like the pilots and stuff like that okay, but it doesn't like need. it doesn't like that's not the focal point like he's actually maverick has them play football but he, he makes them play it in a weird way that teaches them how to fly better okay hmm doesn't seem gratuitous and pointless enough for me no 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 it's actually see that's the crazy thing is it actually fits in really well with the movie that's not true to the top gun legacy <laughs> of volleyball I know. scenes <laughs> I know, but that's what they had to do with this one. Because there's, like, conflict, and then football solves the conflict. That's all you need to know. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, man. What a ride. I recommend everyone go see that movie, though. Because it's definitely worth it and awesome. Welcome to Danger Zone, a Top Gun podcast. Yep, and it starts right off with that, too. Oh, so. did they? Yeah! So, wait, did Kenny Loggins, like, was he still alive or not? The intro is actually him on a jet flying towards you at the screen. Kenny Loggins? Singing the song. Yes. I know that's not true, but I want it to be. <laughs> I know that's not true. At all. He's actually on the aircraft singing it. No, he's not. Is he dead? <laughs> he's not in the movie at all. He's not dead. I'm pretty sure he's still okay, alive. Okay, he's not dead. My question was going to be: Did he like compose a new song, like a Danger Zone a sequel song? No. You know who's got the the who owns the song for this movie? Lady Gaga. Really? What? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, she actually is the. Front, I assume because she has like the you know the ending credits roll. Mm-hmm. That's usually the main song. It's it's Lady Gaga. I don't know what the song's called, but like that's definitely Lady Gaga singing. Is it good? It's pretty good. Okay, that that's Oscar bait right there. It's <laughs> never like uh something about like never letting go of your hands or something like that or finding something what? to love. Okay, we gotta I gotta see this fucking movie. I'm watching <laughs> it. You did. It's got a whole bunch of stuff going on. <laughs> But it does it so well. It's fun. It was just fun. We're glad you enjoyed it, Jacob. Yeah, it was definitely a good um, opening premiere going actually back to the movies. God, what was the first movie we saw back in theaters? I saw A Quiet Place 2 without you. What did I see? It wasn't Morbius. No, it wasn't Morbius. Was it Carnage? I don't know. Maybe it was Carnage. I think it was Carnage. Possibly. I know the last two movies I saw pre-pandemic were Cats and Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog was my last movie in theaters before everything went to hell, so. I haven't seen either of those, but I heard they're pretty good. Cats? Cats? Oh my god. You're mistaken. No, no, no. The the uh, Sonic movies. The Sonic movies. I've never seen Cats. I don't like the second one as much. Uh, So Sonic, that's like a 90s thing, right? Yes. 90s era, maybe? It is a 90s video game franchise with a bunch of media based on it. That's true. Oh, Oh, you know what else is? Da-da-da. It is Pokemon. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. We have to talk about something. We didn't talk about this, I don't think. Bring it on. What is it? The announcement for the new games. Oh, yeah. We could start off our Pokemon talk with the, what is it, Violet and Scarlet That's games. That's right, Jacob. I'm, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be like, I'm not going to buy them. But, you know, November rolls around. I'm going to have them in my pocket. We talk about this all the time. Every time there's a new Pokemon game. It's like I'm addicted. It's like a drug. 
okay, you know what? I admit it. Well, I'm a Pokemon stan. We all are. Whatever. We That's why we're all here. But I think they look really good. And all the Pokemon they revealed so far are super cute. And overall, I'm very excited. I'm more excited for these games than I was for Sword and Shield. What it's open world? Is that the new gimmick here? Is that what they're trying to pitch? That this is a indeed open world. You can do the gems at any pace you want. Is that what they just saying? kind of? Oh, if, if there are gems, I don't know. No, there are gems. Oh, my uncle at Nintendo sent an email. <laughs> oh my god! What I was reading is there are gems. You can do them in any order you want. They just adjust to the level oh that you are. Oh my god! Can you imagine? That's so cool. Yeah, so it's like you walk in with level 20 Pokemon, then the gym will automatically calibrate to the level you are. That's what the rumor is. I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to do that. I think it's going to be more linear than um, this open world talk that they're pitching, but we can see. I think it's exciting either way. Every time there's a new Pokemon game that comes out, and Austin always gives me shit because he's like, you never finish the ones you have already, but it's not about that, Austin. It's about the enjoyment of it in the moment. We talked about that. I don't give you shit for that. Oh, yes, you do. I, I do. I do. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't give you shit for not finishing the games. I give you shit for saying you're going to when you know you're not. Uh, okay. Should I just... How about that? Uh, okay. So basically, it's more of a problem with me not being honest with myself. I'm sorry. I'm excited for this. I know I'm going to play halfway through, put it down, and then inevitably move on to the next thing, but that's okay. I'm excited. I guess I'm excited. The new Pokemon do look cool. I'll give them that. The designs look pretty cool of what they've come up with so far. We'll just get to get more details as they come. And then they'll have this one come out. Then guess what? You get another one next year, too. So You don't even have to wait a year anymore. Wait three months and there's a new Pokemon game. Yeah. Which ones are we leaning towards at the moment? Violet. I think I'm going to get Scarlet if Same. they come out. I like how Jacob and I are always on one side of the spectrum and Austin, you're on the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. I like purple better than orange. I'm sorry. I mean, purple's better, but like, I don't know. The legendary of Scarlet looks cooler to me. It does look cooler. I always try to choose the less popular one for some reason. I think Scarlet's going to be the more popular one, honestly. Hmm. Sure. Well, I'll be in the popular group this time then. There's always one that outsells the other in terms of popularity. I don't know which ones those are off the top of my head, but... I think it's it's always the first one. What, because it's Red, just Red, the... blue, yeah. gold, silver, ruby, sapphire sword shield yeah i guess so because sword was more popular which one's first here is it violet or scarlet scarlet i'm gonna get violet (laughs) (laughs) well there is a multiplayer aspect to this game so you know what that means yeah that is true we can play it together and that means i have to shell out for nintendo online god damn you nintendo uh, we'll play together on twitch um in between all the hot tub videos we can play in a hot tub we can do that. Ooh, we can all get electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. We can call it the edge cast. No, no, wait, that's the wrong thing. Because people might be doing something. Whoa. Oh, we'll call it whoa, <laughs> like whoa, living whoa. on the edge. Wrong. Oh, oh, that's what, I was, that's what I was going for there. Yeah. Come on, guys. Come on. Got some dirty minded people on this podcast. Yeah. We're E for language, not for body parts. Come on. Right. Yeah, we'll do that, though. I'll, I'll get my um, pan shaped hot tub, get my squirtle suit. Ooh. I demand we get the fucking Lapras floaty device thing i want it i don't even like pools we need to put the switches on the lapras floaty and then follow it as it moves around the hot tub to play the game this is a really big hot tub okay is the lapras floaty the thing i sent you guys the article about because i was very disappointed in that that's not a floaty for a person that's like a floaty for your drink can right that was like their free gift but there is a right a big okay. for a human yeah but it's like expensive because it's pokemon center of course 
Uh, I guess, are we ready to move on to the episodes now? Speaking of Lapras, Lapras isn't in these episodes. Yeah, Lapras is a no-show for these two episodes. And the episodes this week are Maryland Island Miss Match, which is a banned episode. And then we have the other episode, which is Wherefore Are Thou Pokemon? Which is like a Shakespearean title, I guess, what they were going for there. Shakespeare in. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to our old recordings for that reference. Uh, let me see. The randomizer has spoken here. Alex, you get the 30-second summary challenge. Austin, you do Maryland Island mismatch. And then myself has <laughs> Wherefore Art Thou Pokemon. I'll trade you, Austin, if you want. No, it's fine. Okay. If you want to, that's fine. No, it's <laughs> fine. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Austin doesn't want to do, do that. Overall, <laughs> overall thoughts of these episodes? Um, um, I like the second one. I like the Wherefore Art Thou Pokemon. You like that one? Okay. Sure. I thought it was cute. They're okay. We're just kind of filler episodes. Nothing really happens. Well, this uh, this first episode didn't even need to be banned, if not for a, appearance of, of one certain Pokemon, which, again... Who could it be? Who could it be? And adds no value whatsoever. It's literally like two seconds at the end of the episode. I was watching this and I was like, where? where? And then it finally mm-hmm. came in at the end. Ridiculous. I kept on watching it forgetting that Jinx was in the episode and being like, oh, this was banned because of some cleavage going on. Oh, That's right. what I was thinking, too. Yeah, but nah. we'll get into it here. All right, already. Alex, are you ready to start? No, but I'm going to try my best. Three, two, one, go. So Ash is on a killing spree. He's killing Pokemon left and right and is getting a huge inflated ego because he keeps winning all over the place. Suddenly, he challenges... Prima, a lady who's in town because she's like one of the best trainers ever and everyone has like a fangirl meltdown over her. Prima actually is Lorelai from the Elite Four, but we don't know that yet. And she beats Ash and teaches him about having to like be friends with this Pokemon because he can't control Charizard and Charizard's out of control. And Ash is like, wow, the power of friendship. And Team Rocket's there. They try to steal Time. Prima's Pokemon and then they lose. Very well done. There's actually a lot going on. When I started getting into that, I was like, oh, wow, more more stuff happened than I remember. Okay, how do we think this episode compared to the Bruno episode? Better than the Bruno episode. Well, I don't know. Brock was there. Bruno's an idiot. I don't know. I like the Bruno episode the better. The Bruno <laughs> one was more entertaining. This was like... For sure. Bruno was weird, but in a way that was like, okay. Prima's a little weird and the fact that she's just weird. Okay, Prima is baked as fuck like <laughs> okay i'll get into it uh, <laughs> yeah what's going on and, and the fact that they call her prima it's not her name is not prima all right do we want to call her Pri- okay lorelei to recap explain this to me lorelei okay the game lorelei gilmore no just kidding just lorelei <laughs> she obviously is an elite four member in generation one and then for somehow four kids did not catch that when they were doing this episode, I guess, because they renamed her Prima, and there's no mention of the name Lorelai at all. I guess if it was just a mistake, it seems like it had to have been. Um, I'm kind of surprised this doesn't happen more often, actually. They're usually pretty good about this kind of stuff. Um, something to do with, like, I looked it up on Boapedia, I'm not 100% certain, but, like, her Japanese name's, like, Kana or something, and so something with, like, the translation, the kanji of the name when they, like, translated it. I don't know. It's weird. Like, they misinterpreted her name? Something like that. That happened in Digimon with Ty. What happened with that? They accidentally changed his name from Yagami to Kamiya. Oh. Hmm. Prima Prima means, like, the most important role or something like that, so... Well, she's also first. I mean, she's the first Elite Four member, so Prima... Yeah. 
Primo first. I don't know. I think they just didn't realize. They, when they checked their spreadsheet of key terms and names, <laughs> yeah. they missed it somehow. <laughs> Editing booth just missed it, yeah. So so we're going to call her Lorelai? That's her name. I also think if it's lip flaps, you could easily say Lorelai. Lorelai. lip flaps. Lorelai. Yeah. Lorelai. Yeah. Anyway, Ash is going on a NPC battling binge. He beats a kid who has one of the, the cute Orange Island Butterfreeze. And then the kid recalls Butterfree and runs away without a word. So that was very strange. Because it died and he was in shock. <sighs> Ash is a cocky little cuss. He's like, I'm the baddest trainer ever. So they're all sitting around eating sandwiches and like having bottomless mimosas for brunch. Hey, you relax. That's how you relax in the Orange Islands. That's so funny. <laughs> Do you think they're able to drink? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they probably can. I literally yeah. put that in my notes as well. I'm like, they stop for lunch and start sipping on mimosas. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it. <laughs> it did, yeah. It had the shape of the glass and it was mimosas. Certainly. Yeah, I think they're able to drink alcohol. I don't see why they wouldn't be. Explains Prima. No, she's not drunk. She's on something else. <laughs> she's high on edibles. But Takashi Shudo told us that they can get married at 10 and everybody can like be adults, so... Speaking of adults, we see two objects come into frame and we realize that they belong to Lorelai slash Prima because for some reason her design is very voluptuous. Like what is going on here? What? what? Someone else talk about this. I don't. Kids, they gave kids a field day with this one. This is like, hey, we're losing the teenagers. We got to get the middle school kids back in. You know, this is like the hot tub on Twitch thing. They just got to bring people in and get views <laughs> any way possible. I'm sorry, is it wrong that I, I love this scene because Lorelai saunters up and she's like, like Misty's having her moment. She's like, Prima, I love Prima. You know, she's like blushing and having a complete attack or whatever. And she's like, Prima's my hero. Lorelai's my hero. And Prima's like, I'm a hero, aren't I? And they completely are dumbstruck by her when she walks up. Like Ash chokes on his food. Misty's like bright red. Tracy like drops his sketch pad, all this stuff. And they're completely like, Whoa! Absolutely never seen anyone like her before. Neither have we in this uh, anime. <laughs> so, Alex, you're avoiding talking about the boobs of it all. It seems. Yeah, no, her, she's wearing a she's wearing a skin tight, looks like a latex like red shirt, like a strapless top with like a little jacket over it and like a mini skirt, like a black mini skirt, and she is just very Jessica Rabbit. It's like very Jessica Rabbit. Her her breasts are very large. I wasn't paying that much attention, but like her arms are crossed too the whole time. Yeah, so her, she's like doing creating like this squeezing like motion. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. It's like the Madonna like torpedo shape kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's like pointy. <laughs> she's very um, and she's got the sexy librarian type of aesthetic. You know, she's got the glasses and the hair, the pulled back hair, and she's got her her outfit is like tasteful but also like sexy it's like very sexy librarian this is where i would love to be in the drawing room and like the person <laughs> drawing it you know and then he like presents like oh this is what i think prima looks like or lorelei they're like no 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 we want different in a way and hotter you know i'm like how does that work she walked in from a different show it was like <laughs> it really, is. that's a great it doesn't fit way. the design philosophy at all like her having boobs great that's wonderful boobs are awesome love them it doesn't fit the proportions of the show it's well, that's why they're it is so wild. dumbstruck by it, because the body <laughs> proportions of this lady have never been seen before. 
Yeah, I, I was with um, it was either, I think it was you, Alex, who was like, "This episode's banned," and I was like, "Oh, it's because of Prima." It's because of the boobs. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, "This is pretty prerogative it's not for the this boobs. show," you know. It's, it's not, not the, the boobs, boobs that get this thing canceled. It's and, not. And it's not even just the size of her boobs. It's the, the way they're posing her from every in every shot is ridiculous it's too much she's dripping with like sex appeal just constantly she's never just standing like a normal person like everything is like flexed if that makes better, sense. better pose for yeah. this calendar shoot i'm doing yeah i mean she is a famous celebrity so i would imagine she's very aware of her image at all times mm. she knows how to pose and she knows how to get reactions from people from children but i guess they're drinking mimosas so it's fine yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's all I'm going to say about the the Prima design of it all. I just had to get it out. There's more to say about her. Uh, yeah, there is. Her personality. Yes. <laughs> now that we've gotten her appearance out of the way, <laughs> let's go to her behavior. Yeah. In which she's high. She's the highest person we've seen yet. She is out of her gourd. I don't know. Is she on? No, she's not on acid. She is seeing and hearing things that aren't there. She's high on life. I think I would say it's definitely E. She's on a cocktail of different things because she's standing there and like for a solid two minutes, the twerps are having dialogue with her and she's not responding to them. She's like saying random shit like, oh, the sun is an old friend. Can you hear the wind talking to you? (laughs) And the twerps are like pretending like that's not happening. Like they're pretending she's talking back to them and keep engaging her. And as we said, Misty's all like, ah, I love her. And Tracy's all like, ooh, Prima, I want to sketch you. Yeah, I thought, I was thinking Which at of, least he asked. I was thinking of you guys when I was watching this. I was like, oh, Austin and Jacob are going to have loads to say about Tracy and his, like, need to sketch people. That's how you know she's important, though, because when she first walked up, he dropped the sketch pad. Mm-hmm. And that's like his, mm. like, Bible thing, you know what I mean? Like, he's not going to want to let that go. So that's how you know Prima's something else. Ash, because the theme of this episode is Ash's a little shit. Ash is all like, I want to battle her. And she's off, you know, seeing dancing bears on the horizon or something that's not there. You forgot that she just walks off. Like, they're still talking yeah. to her, and she just leaves mid-sentence of, like, Ash talking to her. She just walks away. Like, does not even care. She's not present. No, it's like, Ash is talking. She's already, like, on the other side of the pier. Oh, my God. Well, she's not responding because she's not aware that he's there i guess (laughs) she's seeing nature at this point not people yeah so ash does not know how to deal with inebriated people and he's like she's afraid i'm gonna beat her i'll beat i'll battle some other rando so he goes to find some surfer bro and has a battle with him instead which suddenly prima slash lorelei has like spatial awareness it was like oh a battle that's what i do so she starts watching that real quick the guy has a persian surfer bro has a persian that uses thunderbolt Squirtle uses withdraw, and it still scorches him, but not as bad as I guess it would. Alex has a question. Tracy helpfully or unhelpfully chimes in at this point and says, Be careful, Ash. This Persian has a straight tail. And you know what that means? That means it's been in a lot of battles. What was that? It means its blood is, like, ready to go? I don't know. Okay, like, with cats and dogs, their tails indicate their current temperament. Sure. And what they're trying to communicate with you. That doesn't indicate their battling experience. You know what? Whatever. You know what I thought of? You know how, like, when you go to, like, SeaWorld or someplace and the orcas in captivity, you know how when they're in the wild, their fins are, like, straight. And then when they're in captivity, they're curved over. So I'm like, is this something like that? You know, like, 
Oh, like it's domesticated. Tail. Yeah, like I, I don't versus know. Versus like a battler kind of thing. Sure. You think it would people would just be like purposely straightening the tails then. You know, they may clip dog ears or something. You would have some kind of like thing that would just to make it look like it's ready or just to create the illusion that it's battle hardened in some way. Tracy should have been like, that Persian has a bust size of 6.7 centimeters more than a normal Persian. Oh my God. It's really strong. Wait, thank God Tracy wasn't out there measuring Lorelai's breast size. Like he was measuring Joy's bicep size. Tracy pulls out his binocular things that measure things. <laughs> Getting the dimensions. Could you imagine? Oh my God. Could you imagine if there was a scene where he had his binoculars out and he was like looking, you know, at the horizon, like Pokemon watching or something. And then here comes Lorelai into frame and it's just her boobs in the frame all of a sudden. I'm shocked that didn't actually I know. happen. <laughs> there's, a, there's a crevice or something out there between the cliffs. Oh, 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 oh wait. And then he drops the binoculars. And it falls into her boobs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he has to dig them out, and it takes five minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> now we're getting oh a God. bit much. <laughs> uh, speaking of too much, uh, Persians defeated, but Tauros proves too much for Squirtle to handle. So Ash sends out Charizard, and now Lorelai is really paying attention, because Charizard goes on a rampage, mm. and it barbecues Tauros, and then we all have some steak. Prima steps in. God damn it. Lorelai steps in. <laughs> And she sends out her Slowbro to subdue Charizard, and everyone's stupidly like, how can a Slowbro beat a Charizard? As if it doesn't have A, a type advantage, B, psychic powers, and C, it's owned by an Elite Four member. Yeah, that was weird. That was a weird, like, thing to even say. (laughs) The twerps are every 10-year-old kid, you know, when we were young and Charizard was, like, the best Pokemon, couldn't lose to anything. That's the mentality. You had to have the card. It loses to the Slowbro, which was only an uncommon card, not a rare card like Charizard. Get wrecked, Charizard. Prima finally starts to talk to Ash as a human being and not like a whatever the fuck she is, a sage, a prophet. And it says basically tells him off, says your Charizard is poorly trained, etc., etc. Um, but then she invites them to her public demonstration she'll be doing later that afternoon. Which makes you wonder if they had to pay tickets for that, but whatever. No, they got the VIP yeah, she got him free tickets. Oh, that's very nice of her. So apparently this demonstration is like a battle demonstration as there's like this huge stadium and with all these people, it's packed. And she's like sweeping random Pokemon. The announcer is Tracy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, y'all I forgot that? about yeah. that. I forgot about that. <laughs> he is the announcer. Very similar to Tracy's voice is the announcer voice. And I was like, wait a second here. Team Rocket's there too. Blah, blah, blah. Now we're all at her house, her like summer home that she has. It's a pretty nice house, though. How is she? How are they getting invited to this random woman's house for tea? Did Bruno tell her about these kids or something? Like, I don't know. But she's like taking an interest in them because Ash is the main character. And so she's invited them back to her personal home. Uh, I bet Tracy and Missy are real excited about that. Ooh. She starts talking some crap about like. It's all about inner strength, not physical strength. And Ash is like, no, it's about strength. I'm strong because I'm Ash. So she challenges him to a battle. Um, I kind of miss the subtleties of what the message being conveyed was. It's something about you can't just be physically strong. You have to have a mental connection to your Pokemon. It's like the rinse repeat message. Yeah, just some platitudes. 
I don't know. They were just too busy staring at Lorelai to really pay attention. So the animator was way too busy staring yeah. at Lorelai to have a compelling theme. The episode, I, mean, I guess. Abs- maybe I'm the odd one out. I thought this was a very touching message. Like it's not just about raw power and using your Pokemon as a tool. It's about connecting with them on a deeper level and you know doing this together because. I don't know, she gets into some spiel about, like, the badges you want. Because he's like, I already want a lot of badges, and I'm the best because I have all these badges. And then she's like, no, Ash, no. Your Pokemon gave you those badges as a gift because they're the ones out there working hard for you. And Ash is like, oh, you're right. Alex won me over. Okay, now I like this episode. <laughs> See? We need to keep track, though, of how many times Ash has to be taught this. Yeah. There's more to come. Yeah, I know there's more to come, but, like, we had... Gary said it, Oak said it, Bruno said it, uh, Sabrina said it. I mean, like, every single person of significance has told him this. Less because Ash is a little, like Austin was saying, you know, he's a little shit who thinks that, you know, power's king and that, like, you know, he's just going to spam flamethrower and win and not use strategy and, like, connecting with his Pokemon and appreciating what they're doing for him because they care about him somehow. I don't know why, but they do. Yeah, why do they care for him? He's not. He was not very, very nice. nice. <laughs> he he does like one good thing for his Pokemon, and that's about it. But I guess they feel so in debt from that that they have to keep being nice to him. Yeah, he saved Squirtle from the fire that one time, or something. And then Pikachu was gonna get eaten by Sparrow, and he saved him. Charmander was gonna die, like he was actually on the edge of death, and he saved him. So. But then Charmander changes his mind because Charmander's like, fuck this. Well, Ash has <laughs> a, he has a habit of like doing something really selfless in the in the first part. Like he'll selflessly sacrifice, you know, aspects of his safety and, and stuff like that at the beginning to like rescue them. But then once he has them in his possession, he kind of treats them like garbage. I guess you're right. That is the theme of this episode. I wish we'd seen more of it. But he's treating them like video game characters. He's not treating them like living Real things yeah when at the last episode we recapped like had a montage of all the love they had for each other too on the island was it they way off day off the stupid orange island racing sequences oh what it was them bonding so i don't know i guess okay i'll just say it the show the pokemon anime gets a lot better as ash is learning these lessons the show is learning these lessons because obviously the Ash we have today is very different from this Ash. The Ash we have today, he'll still bend over backwards to save people in Pokemon in life-threatening situations. Alex disagrees. I think he's a much nicer, considerate person. Like, he has this hero uh, complex yeah. thing going on during these days. But in later years, he'll be a lot more considerate. And he prioritizes the Pokemon's health and well-being over other things. I, Alex so disagrees. I, I, I think I think I agree with you, Austin. I think he becomes definitely more open-minded as the series, from what I have seen, and more accepting of like lessons people teach him, and then not forgetting them five episodes later. Like it seems like the stuff he's taught sticks to him longer the more we go on. Hard and disagree. Hard, hard disagree. You cannot tell me that Orange Island's Ash and like. Kalos Ash are the same. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> Early Ash is still young and inexperienced, but he has a personality. That's why I miss Early Ash so much. Like, this Ash, even, like, Johto Ash and, like, 
or advanced generation and all those other iterations of Ash, Sinnoh, all the way up into like Kalos. It's like he has a personality. He's more of a jerk in the beginning. Like he's a little shithead kid or whatever, which I appreciate that more than I'm specifically thinking of Journey's Ash. Journey's Ash is the most boring, like <laughs> white bread, copy paste. <laughs> like he's just like, hi, I'm Ash. Everything's fantastic. Lolly dotty da. And I'm like, where's your personality? Where's the conflict? Where is any aspect of anything that used to be you from the past? He's just a very generic, I'm awesome and everything's great. It's just so boring. These iterations of the anime, we have to rely on other characters for personality, like Go or something. You know, Go is the one with like conflicts with this Pokemon, like you know, Intellian or whatever, like, okay, you're having conflicts in how you train or like self-doubts and stuff like that. That comes from other characters now. Early Ash had those as like, he was dealing with those conflicts himself. That's why I hate Ash now, because I'm like, he's just boring. There's nothing to him. Like, it's just comparable to real life. You know, when you're young, inexperienced, all this, the world revolves around you. And then as you get older, you just get more boring and don't care as much. So <laughs> that's just what it's saying here. So so you don't disagree that he's changed. You think he's changed too much and he's lost all his edge and he's just he's, a nothing bird. Yeah, he's a nothing bird. I mean, he's literally a generic nothing. I mean, like I said, the other characters in the show, like Chloe and Go, in the current iteration of the show... They're the ones with the interpersonal conflicts. They're the ones who are having to learn and grow and being like, okay, Chloe's scared of Pokemon, and so she's got to learn to accept Pokemon. Go is, you know, not confident in his ability as a trainer, so he's got to, like, bond with his Pokemon. Like, stuff like that happens to other characters. Ash is just, like, in the background, like, staring at the sky, like, looking into the sun. Like, he's just not doing anything. He's just there. <laughs> So basically, we've run out of plot potential for Ash. It's, yeah, it's all been done. There's nothing more to do. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, they could they could do some things if they were willing to like bring back that aspect of his personality. Like, yeah, Ash isn't you know infallible. He's flawed, just like every human being on the planet's flawed. But they don't give him flaws. They're just like he's the main character. And we have to set a good example for kids these days, and he can't have any sort of like issues because. That's too controversial or something. I don't know what they're scared of, but... I think it um, comes down to also is like Pokemon's one of the few long-running anime franchises that never changed their main character. Right. Like all the other kid ones, they refresh it basically every season. You get a new protagonist, a new group of friends, new everything almost. But like Pokemon, I thought they were trying to do this at some point where they were trying to like push Ash away from being the focal point of the series and maybe bring someone else in. I thought Diamond and Pearl was maybe trying to do that or the one with the girl and the little penguin. Um, but they didn't. The, they sorry, didn't, the girl, the little penguin. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> you know that one. They didn't, they didn't do that though. Like he's been there the whole time. So I guess that's what happens when you don't do like a Yu-Gi-Oh thing or, you know, a Dragon Ball Z thing where you have like, either an assortment of characters where you change things or, you know, it's like being consistent the whole time. I think that's the problem with it. Yeah, I mean, that's like, to your point, Austin, it's been done. They can't add anything else to him because it's been done already. So that's why they rely on outside characters. I have a prediction for my thoughts for later seasons in that I actually think the one with the girl and the penguin thing, also known as Diamond and Pearl, <laughs> is going to be peak Ash. Because he's still, he's still developing... But he's learned his lessons, and he's more mature, and he's more confident. But I think especially with the presence of Paul, it really pushes him into a new 
perspective, I guess. Paul's the real, like, emo dark guy, right? Paul. Okay, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is definitely a uh, challenge. I think that's definitely the peak Ash and in, in balancing his, like, kind of stupid ashiness and his more experienced, more mature perspective. Is he mature in this current iteration? Because I feel like he's less mature than he's ever been. Well, he's still a kid, but he's, you know, not being like, I'm the best in the world and Lorelai is afraid to battle me because I'm Ash and my Pokemon are so awesome, even though I don't know anything about them. And Charizard, why won't you listen to me? Ah! (laughs) This is still the funnest Pokemon, though. This is still the fun, fun Pokemon, though, that we're on four kids that's i I owe that a lot to the four kids dub because with their witty one-liners and sort of veiled humor that they have in there yeah like uh there was an old not an old one but like a newer episode that came on and i was like we we couldn't do anything with this Mm -mm. (laughs) watched it through and i was was like it It was like it was from black and white and it was like something to do with a clock or something like that okay I love Black and White. I think Black and White has so much fun stuff happening. I think there's a lot of material there. <laughs> this episode didn't really have that much. Okay, well, that's Pokemon for you. You know, yeah. just one final thing on this, because I know we've kind of gone crazy off the rails. But, you know, I-, I think we were just watching Journeys the other day. And I was, like, lamenting the fact. I'm like, oh, my God. If we ever... Which, God, this will probably never happen. But if we ever get to this and we, like, do the podcast about these episodes... There's no material here. There's like, like, what are we going to pick out for like quotes? Like, what are we going to do? There's nothing. We might have to remove the quotes after a certain point. Right. I mean, there's just nothing fun. That's what I was mainly talking about. There was no like dialogue that would be funny enough for us to grab. It would just be like, oh, he said, can you open the door? It's hot outside. Or, you know, something like stupid like that. Or turn on the AC. Right. Yeah. There's no puns. There's no witty, like, funny things, like adult sort of humor. You can see the age reset when it takes place. When, like, the original audience no longer has their parents' money to go buy the toys, and they're, like, in the broke college part of their life or just graduating high school, then they got to reset it back to kids' point of view to sell more products kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The harsh reality... (laughs) Of what happened there. Wow, that was an interesting discussion. It was. Ooh. That was more interesting than Prima's boob. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Team Rocket attack. Prima's like, well, we need more boobs than this. So she sends out her jinx. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ruined the episode. Well, there's nothing more to say. Go back to previous jinx episodes. Just jinx is bad. This episode wasn't banned until 2014. Right. The other ones were banned pretty much right away, right? No. There was a Jinx ban enforced after a certain point. Oh, okay. Where these early Jinx blackface episodes were removed. I have a DVD with this episode on it. Okay, I understand now. Okay, Jinx blast off Team Rocket. (laughs) Thanks, Jinx. I actually thought it was kind of cool to get kind of like a contest move foreshadowing situation here. Did y'all pick up on that? Which one? Okay, so Jinx uses Blizzard or whatever. And then, like, all these, like, ice sparkles are in the air. Oh. And oh. the sunlight glinting off them. And everyone's like, it's so pretty. And we really, like, linger on that for a while. I'm like, damn, can we just do contest already? That's, <laughs> that's where the fun's at. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Not soon enough. And then we say goodbye to Lorelai and Prima. And she's like, okay, the next gym's on Trevita Island. So you got to go across Mandarin Island and then go there. And I'm like, thank God she told us that, because we need to make some progress here. And so we say goodbye to her, never to be seen again. I really wonder what she would look like if they were to bring her back in the current anime. (laughs) The end. Wait, so we never see her again? 
I think they mentioned her once. Dang. Does that wrap up that episode, you guys? Or does anyone have any more thoughts about uh, Lorelai or any other part? Did I go too far with the whole breast thing? No, because it's pretty much in your face. Like, I was very ah. shocked about how... Yeah, <laughs> I was very shocked about um how far they went with it. But I will say, out of these two episodes, this one was definitely the breast. Hey. hey. <laughs> uh, I should write for four kids. Well, four kids doesn't exist anymore. Shh, so. shh, shh, <laughs> Let's bring it back. Five kids. Five kids. Five kids. <laughs> High five, kids. Yes, we do our most viable player or least viable player in the quote for the episode. Um, Austin, you're first, followed by myself, and then Alex. My MVP goes to Prima slash Lorelai. Because she's having a great day. She's just going through her supplier like nothing else. And she's enjoying her vacation while also making some money. And she is like, oh, Ash is the chosen one and future master of the, the world. I better, you know, get my appearance in here while I can before it's generation two. I like her for that. I like her like, you can't treat Pokemon as tools and weapons because they're not thing. That was good. But you can use them to get famous and make a lot of money. It's true. It's true. But you got to, you know, love them. <laughs> you got to love them. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going on so much about this. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and also she gives us our next destination, so I'm glad for her. That's the most important part. Alex is giving me the weirdest look. What? No, I'm not. Okay. I was going through my notes to try to, like, last minute think of something. Okay, my LVP is going to be Jinx, as always. Deservedly so. My quote is... I got a few. Does anyone have anyone, any they don't want me to use? I mean... I (laughs) I use one from the trainer that Ash battles early. I used one from Team Rocket and Lorelai. Okay, you can have that one. <laughs> I will go with Ash saying, she's using perverse psychology on me. Oh, right. Perverse. perverse. He said perverse, perverse. right? Okay. Perverse. Okay, that's awesome. And then Missy's like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say after that? Does anyone have that quote? Yeah. You sound a lot. S- that was one of my quotes. You sound oh. smarter with your mouth shut. Yeah. I won't use that, but that's what she- their comeback is. That's pretty good. So many good quotes. This is why I miss this so bad. Yeah. This is fun for sure. I'll start off with my most viable player. I'll give it to Slowbro Ooh. for stopping Charizard. I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't know Disable was that powerful. And my LVP, I got to give it to Ash. Just for, like, we just have this rinse-repeat thing going on. We've hit on it, and that was that long discussion of him being egotistical and then being brought down to level. He just got to learn that, to form bonds with this Pokemon, because we can only have so many episodes about this. And then my quote comes from the trainer Ash battled early on, and it's when Ash throws out his Charizard, it immediately turns around and fire blasts him. And the trainer goes, looks like your little plan backfired and I was like, oh, that's pretty good that's hey. pretty good hey <laughs> good for you trainer okay all right i was trying to scramble to think of something so if i had a weird look on my face sorry about that that was my look of intense concentration uh mvp i'm gonna give it to the sun because oh. the sun <laughs> feels like an old friend and it was warm and comfortable and <laughs> completely made lorelei's day so can we have a whole show just about Lorelai? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it should have been. Is the whole point that she's like ascended above humans and is just connected to nature and Pokemon in a way that yep. disables her from human reality or something? She's transcended all of us. She's so out of it, she can't even remember her own name. Okay. 
That's all right. This is an alternate universe Lorelai in which she's called Prima. Anyway, and I'm going to give LVP. Nobody said Charizard, right? I was kind of zoned out. No. Charizard then gets LVP because he continues to be a complete butthole and for no apparent reason whatsoever. He straight up is trying to murder people and like they're like, oh, this is dangerous. And the guy that he's battling is like, get your fucking Pokemon under control. It's going to kill my Pokemon. And I think it did. I think it killed Tauros, I'm pretty sure. The quote I'm going to use is the one that Austin was mentioning sort of before. Between Team Rocket, when they say something like, we'd love to hear the rest of your... They're like floating down from the sky. Like, we'd love to hear the rest of your lecture. Is it available on CD? And Prima says, fucking Lorelai. She says, tape only, 1895. Yes. She's a capitalist at heart. It's very Gwyneth Paltrow style, I guess. Yeah, you know, I kind of got that vibe. Yeah, yeah. Selling candles. Selling bad for your health pseudoscience things. Vibrators. We should have seen our vibrator line. Yeah. The Prima special. Ooh. That wraps up a Mandarin Island mismatch. Now we can move on to our... Yes, Alex? I have a question. I have a question, Jacob. That's right. What is your question? My question is, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Really? Really? I missed that one. Is that from um, a Disney movie? Oh, you guys are killing me. Oh. I know Sound of Music. Don't oh, sound of me. Sound of music. I okay. am so crushed. I thought about that before the podcast. I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be the perfect transition. It's so clever and witty, and I was so proud of myself, and you guys ruined my day. Oh, God. That was also in my notes for the record, so I came up with the same thing. Well, I didn't know about that, so it doesn't count. Okay. Oh, I'm ruined. You completely threw off my game. That was my bet. I've never seen it. I'll take the the blame on that one. That's me. <sighs> I'm never going to make a joke again. Okay, here's honestly what was going through my brain was I wanted to sing it, but I sing way too much on this podcast and I'm completely tone deaf. And so I couldn't do the, the, the falsetto. How do you solve a problem like Maria? Perfect. There, I did it anyway. Is the sound of music the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, yes. do? Yes. Do, a deer, I know that a one. female deer, yeah. Ray, a drop of Prima's friend. That was funny, goddammit. I'm not laughing because you didn't laugh at my joke, and I'm bitter and jaded We're, now, we're all so. in a laugh strike. That would be the greatest podcast ever if we just constantly made jokes and nobody laughed. Oh, Alex, you're referencing the wrong musical. This is a West Side Story episode. I thought it was Not a, a Sound of Music this episode. This is Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. What do y'all think West Side Story is? It's Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> sharks. 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 And The Outsiders, too. There's a little bit of that going on. The Outsiders? Is that the one where the guy loves the girl, but he's a gangster? Grease? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of Grease, too. No, the Outsiders, something, something's there. Y'all, it's West Side Story. <laughs> They're named Tony and Maria. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that Sharks, Jets, Sharks, Jets, right? Yes, yes. yes. Okay. We'll compare it as we See? go along. See? We'll do a scene-by-scene comparison of the, the Pokemon episode to what happens in West Side Story and Romeo and Juliet. See, and we'll Austin? See at the end. Which one is more like it? How does it feel not to have your jokes laughed at and not to be appreciated? I'm going to go watch the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio now. Goodbye. That's a good one. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Oh, you find yourself entertained. God, you for... guys are killing me. You ready for the 30-second summary challenge, Alex? I can't do this now. I'm so Do it in crushed. song form. I'm crushed. You got to do it in song form. I can't do okay? it in song form. Three, two, one. Go. So they're in Europe, and then a girl runs up, and she's like, hi, have you seen my Pokemon? She's missing. And then we discover that there's, like, a love 
affair happening between two Nidoran in town, and their owners hate each other, Ralph and Emily, and they beat each other up several times with sticks because they're like, you're trying to, like, corrupt my Nidoran. So then they, like, get stolen by Team Rocket, and they battle against Team Rocket, and the power of love allows them to evolve, and finally they can be together, and everything's wonderful, and Time. Tracy implies that Ash and Misty love each other. Perfect. Okay, Perfect. now do it in iambic uh, pentameter. Pentameter. See, what? I knew that one. What? What? Do it in iambic pentameter, because it's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is, um. we'll do this, what's that uh little book they used to give you, Shakespeare's Best Friend? Or what? something like that. It, it was like, it was like the guy. It was like the guide to Shakespeare, or something like that, or Shakespeare toned down, or something like that. Oh, where it's like written in like modern English. Yeah, it's written in where you can understand it, thereby ruining Shakespeare. But yeah. but you understand what this what this story is. Like you read it at first, and you're like, I don't know what's happening here. And then you get the Shakespeare's Best Friend book, and it helps you understand the story. Shakespeare's mm. Best Friend. I think I, okay, like one page was the actual Shakespeare, and then like the opposite page was like, yeah, yeah, it's like the Cliff's Notes version of Shakespeare. I think Jacob is going to find the Shakespeare companion guide. Okay, I I got it. Oh, you have it, you own it. It's No Fear Shakespeare. Oh, that was right. it. Okay, that's yeah, it. that's it. That's it. Yep, got it in the library behind me. I got Othello over there. Actually, it's not mine. It's my wife's, but she can read. So I was in the high school class. She bought that book for. Yeah, I was about to say we're probably on that together. Yeah, we. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I know. I you know that story. It. God damn it! No. What? What happened? Shut up! <laughs> I gotta know. <laughs> no. This was in. Was this in college or high school? High school. Okay. Yeah. Austin, did you have I- an accident in front of the class or something? No. no. It was the worst. What's worse than that? Jacob, I want to hear you tell the story. <laughs> I don't even know if this is the right one. There was something you were trying to shoot a Shakespearean play. Like, it was part of your language language arts class, whatever one you were in. And, like, you went out and you filmed something. And then you ran into this, like, contaminated water space and didn't realize it or something like that. What? Was that, that the one? Uh, keep going. And then that's all I remember, because I remember going back to that lake, and I would see it every day at a place oh, I used to work oh, at, and oh, I'd oh. be like, oh, Austin's swimming that, and there's all these contaminated signs. Right? Okay, that's a different story. <laughs> oh, okay. What? You swim in an irradiated uh, pool? Yes, I did. I swam in pollution. Um, um, okay. Oh, my God. Okay. okay. Now we got... Okay. So the first <laughs> one was high school, in which we had to do, like, a creative project based on Othello, and some, and there was some drama, I don't even remember anymore, but um, we ended up wrote a script... Yes, Othello, okay, I remember. Like, I like got a it reinterpretation. And we tried to do a recording of it, and it was so, you know, it's like a high school film project recording, so obviously it's very terrible. Better or worse than our current audio problems? You ever seen Haruhi Suzumiya? It was like that. No. Okay, Jacob? Yeah, comparable. Okay, it was like that. And so our friend who was part of the project... I'm 100% convinced she deleted the digital file because it was so, like, embarrassing. And, you know, she I don't think she had the sense of humor to be like, let's just make fools of ourselves. Let's just have fun. Unlike us, clearly. Listen to us fucking talk. <laughs> so she, I think, discreetly deleted the video and pretended like it was, an, like, an accident. So we had, like, go to the teacher and be like, we fucked up our video. Can we get an A anyway? Oh. Which I think we did. You got an A, yep. Yeah, okay, so the other thing, 
was another video project for another fucking Shakespeare class I had to fucking take that I ended up getting a D in. Oh. We were we did a video of same thing, but with fuck, what was it? Uh, Hamlet, I think. It was Hamlet. And I was playing the role of Ophelia because it was like gender bent. Um, and I ran into a lake to drown myself. Oh my and god! It was, like, very heavily polluted, and it was a mistake. Austin, no. I did it for the bit. Okay, you did it for the gram. Cool. That's what I knew about. I knew about the high school one too. That was a refresh in my memory. Okay, I think got we've it. all had that. I forgot happen I ran into a contaminated lake. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think we've all had that happen in high school though. Where what? um like we had a big project due and then all of a sudden it gets deleted or something like that. I know I had one like that where I like wrote a it was a shake it was about Shakespeare. It was like an analysis of Shakespeare and I had my thumb drive in the computer and we had to run out of the we were done with our time in the media center, so we had to leave and I left my thumb drive plugged in the computer. Oh no. And it had my whole paper on it. Went back like a day later, it was gone. Somebody stole my thumb drive and I couldn't find my paper. Yeah, if you're listening, thief, USB thief, fuck you. Yeah, you almost cost me an A in the class. I think the teacher just liked me, kind of like in your case, Austin, so I got away with it, but <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> okay, all right. That'll... Enough Shakespeare, let's do Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into Romeo and Juliet for sure. Um, so the last episode, Prima talked about, go. I, what was the name of the island again, where the gym's at? Trovita. 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 Yeah, we're not going there. We're on Yambera? Yambera? We're still on Mandarin Island. Yeah, we're in a city called Yambera, which is like an old, I don't know, like an old German village. In- English, because Shakespeare. It was the Tudor style architecture. I looked it up because I was interested in it. Like Tudor, like T-U-D-O-R? T-U-D-O-R, yes. Okay. Not like two doors. Two okay. doors down. Not like the band three doors down. Well, we're in Yambera, and we run across a girl. We don't know her name at first, but I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. Her name's Emily. She has a female Nidoran named, you guessed it, Maria, from what we talked about earlier. And she's a problem because she's ran away from Emily. And the twerps walk into this, this I don't know, dumbfounded Emily, like uh, freaking out about where her Nidoran is. And the twerps, of course, because they're good people agree to help her good people busy bodies busy bodies yeah i put good people there to lighten them up a little bit because we had such a hard episode with ash the last one so i'm trying to hype them up a little bit here like there is some good in there okay so they agree to help her and this is actually the first time i looked at the neuterin differences i forgot that they were reverse what do you mean what do you mean the boy is pink and the girl is blue Oh, oh yeah fun fact but anyway, we're hoping to find this female Nidoran that is owned by Emily, named Maria. We run into another guy whose name is Ralph. I, I was pissed off by Emily and Ralph's names because I Googled it and I could not find a single Shakespeare or Romeo and Juliet thing that included the names Emily and Ralph together. Do you all know something I don't? I If you don't know it, I certainly don't know it. I thought they should have been like... Capulet and Montague like, or some bullshit. Yeah, they, that's what I was thinking, too. They should have really just hit it on the nose with, like, making this, like, what it is. You know, you should add the Capulet, Montague, and then just have the Nidorans, Romeo, and Juliet. Oh, he could have been Monty, the boy. Uh, Monty, for sure. And then the girl, what would a good name for her be? Capulet. Capulet. Capi. Cap- Calpurnia. Capula. Calpurnia. Caligula. Um, um Caligula. <laughs> Cap... Any girls say this start with Cap? C-I-P? I have no idea. I, I like Lita. Lita. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, Capulet. Capulet. Lita. Yeah, Lita, Monty. That would Okay, let's just call them that from Monty now on. Monty and Lita. That would have been perfect. There you go. 
We're going to call them that now. Yes, that's her new name. I'm not going to remember that. So every time I mess it up, you just, you chime in with the correct name. It's another Prima Lorelai situation. (laughs) Well, like I said, as we were searching for uh, Maria, we run into Ralph, who's another kid from this town, and he has a male Nidoran named Tony. So we're searching for them, and then Ralph and Emily eventually run into each other. And then Ralph immediately goes off on Emily and starts calling her a kidnapper, murderer, (laughs) every mean term you can think of in the Shakespearean dictionary. Fishmonger. Fishmonger. Get thee to a nunnery. Harpy. (laughs) What are some Shakespearean insults? That makes me think. Half of our fucking language is from Shakespeare. (laughs) 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 Ralph and Emily obviously don't like each other. This is when we run into Tracy's Merrill, who returns and says, hey, we found... Uh, Tony and Maria. Ooh, here's an insult. I'm sorry. I've been busy Googling Shakespearean insults while you guys were talking about that. And I learned a new word I never heard before. Varlet. Ooh, what's that? that? Shakespearean insult that cannot be entirely defined. It probably, however, means something along the lines of punk. A knavish person. A rascal. Varlet. I was thinking like harlot. But it's like that, but varlet. Varlet. Yes. There's a whole, okay, okay, apparently on Scholastic.com, there's an entire Shakespeare insult kit. Love it. So, have fun with that. How many of words has he invented that turned into what we have today? That's what we need to find out. Oh my, look, hold on. I almost got it. Ooh, here's something. Okay, I'm going to play with the Shakespeare insult kit for a second. How about this? You roguish, weather-bitten, pumpian. Ew, I don't like that. I don't like that How about a errant... Half-based strumpet. I do like that. That one's pretty good. <laughs> okay, apparently, Shakespeare introduced 1,700 words that we still use in English today. Ooh. Uh, and more than... Oh, how many phrases? Hold on. My guess is over 1,000. Easily. Oh, for sure. Oh, it just says over 1,000 phrases. Oh, it says over 1,000? Really? Yeah. That's really, <laughs> That's pretty cool. You guys, this is so fun. Anybody today, any, like, pleb today can be like, fuck you, you motherfucker. And that's, like, boring. But, like, if you're coming out of the gate with these, I mean, this is pretty, like, I mean, you have to have some, like, creativity. Well, I'm pretty sure that Emily and Ralph have called each other some of these names throughout their history for each other. Because we find out that they are actually long-term rivals. They've been battling each other. Not battling each other. They've been doing contests with each other, which is kind of like what Austin was talking about in the previous episode. They've been competing in many of the same contests throughout their whole childhood. And I get I guess what we learn is that they always kinda either tie with each other, like they're always the best. So they always basically get first place or they share first place each time. Like there's not like one's better than the other, they're just equals. These two are toxic. Yeah. They would definitely bring down the town, right? If you had to worry about these two kids arguing the whole time. Where are their parents? That's another thing, is where are these kids' parents, too? Where are their parents? They beat each other with sticks. They resort to physical violence at least twice during this episode, where they're beating each other with sticks. And I'm like, oh my god, somebody call the police. Yeah, they treat each other horrible. Like, horribly. We talked about mimosas the last episode. This time, we actually see the twerps at a bar. They're at a bar inside this old English tavern. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this is great. Yield pub. Yield pub. That's exactly what it is. And there's a guy there. He's wearing like a baker's outfit, but he's serving them alcoholic drinks. We can just put it that way. I love it's when they always like any show, any you need some exposition. You have to go to the local bar and then the barkeep is like like, Oh yeah, you haven't heard about this? Well let me tell ya and then we get the background. Yeah, we get the background at a bar 
serving. <laughs> Boba Pete, I looked it up. It's not, Boba Pete says it's actually like a sandwich restaurant kind oh, of place. No, but no, not. come on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Have you seen this episode? They're at a bar stool. They're just up there heckling, drinking. Oh, my God. Maybe that explains why Misty's such a mood this episode. Yeah, she's in a super mood oh, this episode. Yeah, there's some thoughts. Misty's coming up. Right before we get there, we actually see, we flash over to Tony, who's kind of like yelling at Emily's house to get uh, the other Nidoran's attention. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? What yonder window breaks? Yeah. Is what he's saying here. I don't know what happens in the Romeo and Juliet. I can't remember. But Emily throws water over Tony. Tony gets wet, but not like that. And (laughs) Ralph carries him away. This is where we get Moody Misty coming into play, where she vows to, I don't know, she vows to, like, bring them together. And her idea is to just write letters, I don't know, write letters to both of them and give them both nice gifts. That way they come together, and so they become lovers. This was completely uncalled for. Misty, why couldn't she just butt out and not stick her nose in where it doesn't belong? I think there's even some dialogue to, like, Ash and Tracy are like, why do you want to even get involved? Like, that's this is stupid. You can't just take it on yourself to involve, inject yourself into somebody's supposed love life. I mean, she's just assuming that. She assumes, okay, the love situation between the two Nidorans is apparent, but Misty wrongly assumes that Ralph and Emily are secretly in love with each other, and that's why they treat each other like garbage. So she's going to do everything in her power to bring them together and that means tricking them by forging letters from each of them and sending them to one another which is a stupid idea no way this can't go wrong that's misty's plan now team rocket comes into play and they have a plan of not going after the two people they have a plan of going after the two nidorans why would they think giovanni would want these two pokemon (laughs) They think he wants every Pokemon. That's the problem. That's why they're not good employees. Every single Pokemon they see, oh, the boss would love that. You know, the funny thing is, Giovanni has a Nidoking, doesn't he? Yes, he uses it. Why does he need these two little <laughs> pipsqueak Pokemon? Uh, I have no idea. Anyway, Team Rocket's plan fails. The two Nidorans are loyal to their trainers, and they don't want to leave to be with each other. That was sweet. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. You can say Emily and Ralph have a good relationship with their Pokemon. Now it's Misty's turn. Let's see how her plan plays out. And of course, it doesn't work. Because anytime anybody ever interferes with love, it never works out. Turns out that the gifts she got for... Which I don't know how she afforded these things. She got one like a... What did she get them? A remote control airplane? Yep. And like... What was the other one? A bouquet of flowers. A bouquet of flowers, yes. So, turns out Ralph... Or Ralph's scared of flying. And Emily's allergic to flowers. So this just leads them to fighting. This is where the sticks come into play, and they start whacking each other, and... Oh, my God. Hey-oh. Oh. <laughs> Ew. That's not a euphemism. They really actually physically assault each other. And th- this, okay, this next... They're fighting. This next part I found super hilarious. I love this. Oh, my God. Team Rocket has given up uh, with their plan. But then, <laughs> of course, Team Rocket fashion to come up with a second plan. They dress up as newlywed couples. Love I don't it. even know where they were. I didn't know where they were going with this, but they come up in newly, as newlywed couples, and on all the fighting, everybody just stops and goes, "Oh, congratulations!" <laughs> that was great. I'm sorry again. I got Revolutionary Girl Utena vibes, and I'm still wanting to watch that. Austin still on my list. Jesse looked fucking good she in that suit. Was her yes. outfit was like 
perfect. Her hair, everything perfect. Like the bangs over her face. It was awesome. She had this like quaffed like pompadour situation thing going on. It was like super cool. James could have gone harder. That dress did not no. work. Mm-mm. That was great though. They both played the part really well. And where do they get the money? I just money? love this instant yeah the money i just love the instant stop of like fighting to be like oh congratulations like just i don't know where that comes from they also have the money to manufacture a giant cake like to hide the balloon oh it like comes out of the ground first of all they built like an underground like situation where this thing is like coming out of it opens up and it comes out of the ground it's a giant wedding cake how did they build this underground <laughs> Yeah, they're at like this is at like the center of town. They're fighting. It's like an oval shaped like garden area. It's a park. It's like a public park. Yeah. Somehow Team Rocket engineered a cake underground, and it's actually bigger than the park space itself. So I don't know how that even worked. I want to see their itemized bill that they wrote off as a work. That's right. Send it to Giovanni. Giovanni gets the bill. He's like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, do you think he keeps them on as just liability for tax or? insurance fraud or something like that well he was gonna try to kill them for insurance (laughs) he tried to kill them for insurance that's right he tried to stage a blimp accident and kill them in which he could collect the insurance money from his blimp accident that's so true i'm still mad we didn't get a scene where he reacts to them spending the money to rebuild the blimp do you think they have a corporate charge card that they just keep on them at all times i think we've seen it before we've seen it's, it it says like team rocket on it yeah i can't remember what episode that was they do bring out a card at some point and it's I like think a it's credit card princess festival yeah yeah it might have been yeah you can never convince me that like team rocket as a whole is not some sort of money laundering like it's a it's a government sanctioned like money laundering scheme oh for sure tax exempt all kinds of stuff like how how are they operating and not it's absurd. They just don't report their uh, cash sales. They have theme park. They have theme parks. They have like I mean they're out in the open. They're operating as like a corporation would. Amazing. What's also amazing is that this cake is not just a cake. <laughs> Inside this cake is a their hot air balloon. So not only did they build a giant cake, it was hollow, and encased in it was their hot air balloon. Just for the flair of it all. Just for the performance flare. for children. That's it. Yep. They did all this for, for the twerps and these random kids. They really want those Nidoran. <laughs> Love them. They didn't go this far to catch the Blastoise or anything like that, you know. But the Nidoran, we've got to go all out. Anyway, the uh, they do get st- taken. Like, the Nidoran get taken away. But Team Rocket being Team Rocket, they go all out. And they have a trail of cans on the back of the hot air balloon saying, Just married. Love <laughs> them so I'd much. I love that. This is good Team Rocket. This is peak Team Rocket. Because <laughs> <is> <laughs> you can see the logistics of going into it. Like, oh, we got to go all in. You know, like, I think James is the one who definitely suggested to have the cans on the back of the hot air balloon. There's no mm. doubt in my mind. Mm. Do you, I mean, I, that's just how I see it. They're committed to the bit. They are. Love A little too much, though, because the cans start falling off the hot air balloon as it's trailing away. And Tracy, of all people, notices it and f- tends to follow it. The fact that they stopped the balloon because they're trying to get the Nidorant in little costume. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Precious. They were trying to dress them up in like a a wedding dress and a little like tuxedo. So cute. So they were going to use them for like Pokemon photography, I guess, or something. Oh, was that the plan? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out here. Why would they dress them? They were <laughs> they were trying to get them into costume to present to Giovanni and like have this whole little performance for him. 
Like these are oh, the star-crossed okay. lover needle rands, and they're like a bride and a groom, and he, and they're probably gonna make him go on and perform. Okay, there are they are performers at heart. We know this. They are born performers. They are born to like please others with art. I don't fault them for going all out with this. As our twerps run up on Team Rocket, and then in a, ba- a battle ensues, basically, like Team Rocket sends out all their Pokemon. Tony and Maria stand up against Team Rocket, along with Ralph and Emily. This is kind of like the, I don't know, the unionship moment, I guess, of the episode. Because, uh, you know, like marriage, there's a union oh, form. Okay. fair enough. It's I a guess. metaphor. Yeah, it's a metaphor, symbolic. <laughs> Turns out that um, Tony and Maria are great at battling, and they are actually very good teammates. And basically, Emily and Ralph see this and kind of put aside their differences, I guess. I got so fucking mad when Ralph and Emily blushed at each other. I was like, I don't want these kids to have crushes on each other. I want them to hate each other and decide to put up with it because of the Nidorand. I didn't want them to get together. I yeah. didn't want Misty to be right. I agree with you. That was that was really phoned in at the end. I'm like, you guys don't have to like come to this magical realization that you loved each other all along. It's like, it's okay to still have your differences. But get along and like that could have been a better. You know what, Austin? Now I'm that would have been about a way it. better lesson. It would have been like you can still accept one another and be friends with one another, even if you have differing opinions. We don't have to like have a love element to everything. You know what? God damn, you guys are right. Yeah. Fuck you, Misty. God damn, making this happen. <laughs> <laughs> they should have stayed on theme and said like Pokemon unite us through our differences. Right. Ah. Oh. We defeat Team Rocket. I'll just throw that out there. But isn't there something else with the lovers quarrel that, like, they show Misty and Ash? Oh, mm-hmm. Tracy has to chime in with this stupid whatever. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah, at the end, he's like, it's almost like you guys. We just go too far at this point with it. Like, everybody's falling in love. <laughs> Tracy falls in love with his hand. Oh, my God. Tracy tries to draw the love and can't fit it on his Pokemon sketchboard. So he gets angry. He gets frustrated. This is how Tracy turns into a serial killer. Just draws everybody there with X's over their eyes. Yep. So through the whole Emily and Ralph become lovers thing, Team Rocket's not done. They try to come back with the vacuum cleaner to suck up all the Pokemon. And this is another funny part. They start vacuuming all the Pokemon up. Pikachu grabs a tree branch, flies up to the vacuum, Uh blocks it with... Uses the tree branch to block the sucking power of the vacuum and uses Thunderbolt to basically fry the hot air balloon. Uh, then we see Austin's favorite Pokemon, Staryu, comes out and blasts and pops the hot air balloon, sending them all far, far away. Staryu subbing for Pidgeotto. I forgot Staryu was even there. So kudos to it. That's basically all that happens here. We uh, bid farewell to Emily and Ralph with them, you know, holding hands and all that good stuff and... An evolution occurs. Oh, that's right. The Nidoran evolve. Through the power of love. Yeah, Tracy throws the idea out there that was it the battle that made them evolve or was it love? To which Misty grabs his sketch pad and pushes them to the ground. Yep. That literally happened. I don't know why. Because she had to continue the theme of physical violence. If she hit Tracy, does that mean she likes Tracy now? I'm telling you, oh Misty and Tracy, it's a thing. That happens later. Then there's an episode where they're like camping out and Tracy's asleep and then Misty like grabs his sketchbook and sees nothing but sketches of her in it. No, that does not happen. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. Just page after page. That's in the Netflix version. <laughs> That's in the HBO one. You forgot HBO. That's in our fan fiction part two episode. Do you guys have any 
more thoughts or comments about that one, or are we ready to move on to the MVP, LVP, and the quote? I, I think the Nidorans are cute. I'm glad they finally got their episode. They are cute, and I think they're really massively underrated. In the games, that's one of the first ones you could catch. And there's always that weird element of, like, why are they two separate entries in the Pokedex? And, you know, gender differences weren't introduced until later. And would it have been nice if they went back and, like, amended that? Sure. So they could be different forms instead of two different Pokemon. But we could never have that happen because that would throw off the entire Dex thing. And that's a whole big no-no, so... Are there any other Pokemon like that that have different, or they're the same one, but like different color, different shape, or? Well, there's like, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's tons. tons. sticks one, but it's the same Pokemon. It's the same, they have different forms is what it is, though. But Nidoran is two separate Pokemon. Yeah, and that's, that's a unique case there. Frustrating. Old school Pokemon. It doesn't get any better than this. Apparently not. For the MVP, LVP, and the quote... I will be going first, followed by Alex, and then Austin, you'll be the last one to go. Okay, let me get my notes up here. Okay, my quote comes from Jesse. They're arguing about what to do to capture the Nidoran, and she says something, and then Meowth says, oh, why is that a trick, or something like that. And Jesse replies, what good is a trick if it's not dirty? <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like that. Ugh. There's some applications there. Okay. Yeah, there is. It's weird. And I'm gonna give my MVP. I'm just gonna give it to Team Rocket for that elaborate cake. Oh, damn underground. it! <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That definitely spiced up a boring episode. And I'm gonna give it to uh, my LVP. I'm gonna give it to Emily for throwing water over Tony. Oh. Oh yeah, that was pretty. That was I thought cool. that was rude. You didn't have to go that far, Emily. God. It's just an innocent little animal, Jesus. For real. Damn it, Jacob. You took the best MVP. All right, I'm going to buy myself some time, and I'll start from the bottom and do the LVP first. I'm going to give LVP to Misty because she had to get her nose in everybody's business and make it into, like, a love connection matchmaking situation that it didn't need to be, and she just needed to, like, let them sort out their differences. Just because she didn't agree with their methods doesn't mean that it was, like, necessarily bad. MVP, hmm. I'm going to give it to the Nidoran because they're so cute. And I love they had little bows on. Maria had the little bow on her back, and then Tony had a little bow tie, and it was super cute. Um, The quote, I'll give it to Ash when Misty is having her whole, like, diabolical plan to, like, write the phony love letters. And Ash says, but couldn't you get arrested for mail fraud? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Ash, I'm sure this is highly illegal what's happening here. Um, my quote's me similar. Misty's going through her love letter plan, and Ash says, but it's none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> and it continues. Misty says, oh, yeah, well, I just decided I'm going to make it my business. Don't you know love is the most important thing in the world? And Ash says, not more important than catching Pokemon. Yeah, priorities. Yeah, he's got that 10-year-old mind right on target. My MVP is going to be Ash for that very reason. <laughs> for for one, someone being like, this has nothing to do with us. Let's go. <laughs> That's surprising coming from him because honestly, he's the one who's like butting in most of the time. That's he true. has a few moments like that, though. Yeah. We've encountered so far where it's really weird about what he chooses to fall into and what he doesn't, you know? If it suits him that particular day, he will. If not, yeah. then <laughs> screw that. Okay, my LVP is an odd pick. It's the narrator. Oh. <laughs> because the narrator starts the episode off saying, 
Ash is fresh off a big victory over Pokemon Master Prima, which is untrue. Incorrect, narrator. Don't give us false information like that. That's an alternative fact. Yeah, how many kids were confused? Like, what? I didn't see that episode. This is where they secretly reveal that Ash is the narrator, and he just hypes himself up each episode. Ooh. He calls himself our heroes. Yeah. (laughs) I hate how the narrator calls them our heroes. They're not heroes. Okay. It's a, well, it is an epic. I guess, technically. Yeah. Um, I, my backup quote is when Misty awkwardly says, Yo, Maria! Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I forgot all about that. I'm done. <laughs> Yo, Maria! That's some what Shakespeare the fuck, language. Misty? She's on Lorelei's stash or something. I don't know. She was doing the No Fear Shakespeare translation. Oh, she must have been. There we go. That is great. Does that wrap it everything up for us for the two episodes this week? I think so. What do we have in store next week, Austin? Get along, little Pokemon, and the Mystery Menace. Oh, I bet that's Tracy. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, and after this, are we reading My Immortal? I'll just ask We're it. reading seven chapters. Yes, we're going to read some because we're committed. And to close us out here, I'd like to just say thank you all for listening, and be sure to leave us a five-star rating. And if you have any comments or questions for the show, be sure to send them to outofthedryingpan at gmo.com. Again, that is outofthedryingpan at gmo.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at outofdryingpan. Again, our handle is outofdryingpan. And join us next time as the journey continues. Okay, apparently last thing that happened was hair grid poisoned Anabi's oh, blood cup. Right, the amnesia portion. I'm glad you guys can remember what's going on. I don't remember. Not not really, no. That's okay. Thank God we have you, Austin. It's just because I edit the episode. <laughs> oh, so he listens to it each week. That's awesome. It's burned into your mind. So we're on 38, you said? 37. 37. Ah, ah. Darn. And I would have gotten away with the two if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Putting that meddling editor. Yep. Okay, chapter 39 is an interesting one. Mm. Mm. All right, who's starting? Interesting. This is all good interesting. Alex, you are first. Okay, Jacob. 39, is that like we need to avoid it interesting or is it like... I actually think Jacob should read chapter 39. Oh, yeah, that would make perfect sense. And you'll see why. You'll see why. Yeah, okay, let's do that. I'll do chapter 38. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> chapter 37. Don't look ahead, Jacob. Yeah, don't look ahead. I was ahead. looking ahead. I was. No, don't, don't, do it, don't, do it. <laughs> don't spoil it because there's a reason. Okay. Chapter 37. A.N. Okay, everybody. I'm gong on vacation on the first of July, so I'm either going to end the fic or update it in a week. Thanks. Oh, yeah. And the prep stop flamming the story. Raven, thanks for the help. See you, girl, after vocation. Wonder where she went on vocation to. Okay, this is from Darko's point of view, lol. Vampire and I chained Hairgrid to the floor. Oh my fucking Satan, Anabi said. She was so hot. 
Maybe I could use amnesia potion to make Satan fall in love with me faster. But you are so sexy and wonderful anyway, Tata, said Vampire. <laughs> is that Prima's name? Tata? Oh my god. Oh, that's pretty good. Who is Tata? Tara. Oh, okay. But you are so sexy and wonderful anyway, Tata, said Vampire. Why would you need it? To make everything go faster, lol, said Inabi. But you won't have to do it with him or anything, will you? I asked jealously. OMFG, you guys are so scary, said Brittany, a fucking prep. Shut the fuck up, said Willow. Well, anyway, let's go to Professor Trevory's room. Draco, Ebery, and I. Remember that this is Draco's point of view. Drake- Draco, Ebery, and I. Yes. Went to Professor Sinatier's room. But Professor Sinister wasn't there. Instead, Tom Ridd was. Oh, hi, fuckers, he said. <laughs> Listen, I got some cool new cloves. I took out the cloves from the bag. It was a gothic black leather miniskirt that said 666 on the back. Black stilton boots, blood red fishnets, and a black corset. OMG, fangs, I said, hugging him in a gothic way. I took the clothes in the bag. I'm pretty sure she's still writing it as if this is ebony. Whatever. Okay, Professor Sinister isn't her. What the fuck should we do? Asked Draco. Yep, definitely. It went back to ebony. Suddenly, he locked at a sign on the black wall. Oh my fucking Satan, I screamed as I read it. On it said, everyone, Professor Sinister is away. She is too gothic and she is an Azkabian now. Classes shall be taught by dumb Dubble Dork, who is back, but he shall not be principal for now. Sincerely, Professor Rumbridge. OMFG, I shouted angrily. How could they do that? Suddenly, Dumbledore came. What the hell are you dong in my office? He began to shoot angrily. Suddenly, I saw Morty McFly's black time machine. Mm. <sighs> I jumped seductively into it, leaving Draco and Vampire. <laughs> what, is that, what does that look like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, the mental picture. Suddenly, I was back in t- Tim. I looked around. It was Professor Slutborn's Ephes. I sneaked around. Suddenly, I saw the amnesia potion on his desk. It was black with blood-red pentagrams in it. It was in the shape of a cross. I put it in my pocket. Suddenly, the door opened. It was Professor Slutgorn. OMG, what are you doing, fucker? He shouted angrily. I don't know what the fuck you are doing, I shouted angrily. Oh, sorry. I was just looking around because I thought it was class. (laughs) You said... What? Okay, what? (laughs) Now we're involved. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. The... This doesn't make any sense. Oh, sorry. I was just looking around because I thought it was class. You said, finally hoping he wouldn't see the potion in your pocket. (sighs) Okay, you can go now, said Professor Slutborn. You went to the common room after putting on my clothes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Silas, Samaro, and Snap were there practicing Vampires Will Never Hurt You by MCR. I don't know who Silas is. Okay, it's that's all right. That's the least of our worries at this point. Oh, hi, you guys. I said seductively. Where's Satan? Oh, he's coming, said Sirius. BTW, you can call me Hades now. Sure. 
Suddenly, Satan came. He was wearing a smexy black leather Jackson, black Congress shoes, a slipknot t-shirt, and a black tie. Okay, I will see you guys at the concert, I said, and then I went with Satan. Chapter 38. That's the first time reading through this whole thing where I'm like, okay, I know what movie they're talking about. Like, I know which part of the movie. This chapter. What movie? It's the one where, like, um... They go back and it's Slughorn. I think that's the professor's name. And he, Harry goes back in time oh. to see him teach Tom Riddle the spells to adjust the memory. Which Harry Potter movie? I thought you were talking about Marty McFly. Oh, no, no, no. The Harry, uh, Godly, what was that? Was that the Half-Blood Prince? Yes. Yeah. That's, I think that's the first time I've understood actually what's going on in reference to, uh. That was the first time yeah. I understood <laughs> what was going time, on. That's the first time I've ever understood what's going on. This is like the least discernible chapter yet. Well, but help me, it helped clarify to me what's happening. So we had three good. perspective changes in this one chapter. And it still made the most sense. Okay. So, I told you. Chapter 38, A.N. What does everyone think if I end the story? And then I add some more to it after vocation. Oh yeah, as nid preps, stop Fleming. If you do not like that story, then take my quiz. Okay, then you will see if you are gothic or not. Satan, I walked to his car. It was a black car with pentagrams all over it. On the license plate said 666, just like Draco's car. I went in it seductively. Stan started to drive it. <laughs> We talked about Satanism, lols, he was named after Satan, cutting, music, and being gothic. Oh my Satan, Gerard is so hot, Volksmorts agreed as we smoked some weed. Because bye guys are hot, they are so sensitive, I love them, goes fucks a bye's guy. What? what? <laughs> happy, happy Pride Month. <laughs> LOL, I totally decided not to commit suicide when I oh, heard wow. you, Helena. Okay. I said in a flirty voice, Hey, Satan, do you know the cure for when people are addicted to Volksimort serum? Well, he thought, I think you have to drink vampire. Okay, blood. I'm sorry. I have a quick question. Isn't this before <laughs> yes. he was Voldemort? So how could it be called? How would he have any knowledge of what Voldemort serum is? He's had future knowledge the entire time. Oh, that's he right. It was, was renamed Hot Issue I in 2000 <laughs> or whatever. I forgot. Okay. Suddenly, Volksimort, I... Park the car behind a black movie theater. Satan and I walked outside. We went into the movie Tether, where they were showing The Exorcist. In it, a boy and a girl were doing it. Suddenly, a serial killer came, lol. Satan and I laughed at the blood, because we're sadists. While Satan was watching the movie, I had an idea. Oh, I God! Took Satan's gothic black nightmare before Christmas cigar. This is the part. Sexily. Oh from his pocket and put some amnesia potion in it i put it back in his black emile the strange bag satan turned around and started to smoke it black clouds with red pentagrams in them started to fly around everywhere <laughs> which is a cool effect i'll admit oh my gosh omg satan said jumping up i gasped because i was afraid he noticed and hobby guess what i knew that the amnesia had worked Amnesia potion has not been invented what? yet, so it will not work, he said. Oh. Too bad, because I wanted to use some on you. Cool. I raised my eyes adjustively. And then he took off my clothes sexily, and we started to make out. I took off his shit. <laughs> he had six-pack gesture like Gerard Way. We Frenched. 
Excuse me, but you are going to have to leave. Shoot to the lady behind us because she was a prep. Fuck you, I said. Suddenly, I attacked her, sucking all the blood. No, she screamed. All the preps in the theater screamed, but everyone else crapped because <laughs> Satan and I looked so cute together. Godly. Satan and I, this is getting out of hand. This Satan and I started to walk outside. I love how her reaction to the amnesia serum not working was just like, okay, cool. Let's make out now. I've lost my place. Oh. And it doesn't work because it hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> sure. Too bad. He was going to use some on her. So, my God, how did you do that? Voldemort asked in a turn on voice. Do what? I'm a vampire, I said as we went into the car. Seriously? He gasped. Yeah, seriously. I said, drinking some beer. <laughs> Satan started to drive the car. I smelled happily. It's too bad we didn't get to see the rest of the movie, don't you think? Yeah, I said as we kissed passively. Satan parked in a black driveway next to the place where Draco and I had watched GC for the first time. We went inside where Marilyn Manson was playing and started to mosh, lol. I don't know these song lyrics. Anti-people, now you've gone too far. Jesus Christ, superstar. Screamed Marilyn on the stage. We did the devil fingers. I started to dance really close to Satan. He was so schmexy. He looked at me all emo with his gothic red eyes and he looked exactly like Mikey Way. I almost had an orgasm. <laughs> Suddenly, Marilyn Manson start, stopped singing. I would like to peasant X black X tier X, he said. I ran on stage. What? What? <laughs> Well, remember, they're doing a performance Oh, now. right. I forgot. I ran on stage. Lucian, Samaro, Snap, and Hades were there. They started to play their instillments. I got on Stog. Well, if you wanted honesty, that's all you had to say, I sang. I don't own the lyrics to that song. My voice sounded like a pentagram between Amy Lee and a girl version of Mikey, of Gerard Way. Boy. Everyone clapped. Satan got an Uruxion. <laughs> I'm not okay, I sang finally. Suddenly, Lucian started playing the song Wrong by Mistock. OMFG, yelled James. What the fuck? Whoops, I'm sorry, said Lucian. You fucking asshole, James shouted angrily. You guys are such preps, Snap said. Come on, it was a mistake. Oh my god, can you imagine seeing the show? <laughs> yeah, it's not his fault, said Sirius. No, he ruined the fucking song, yelled tomorrow. Shut up, Austin said. You guys stop. <laughs> I shooted angrily, but it was too late. They all began to fight. Suddenly, oh tomorrow took out his knife. OMFG, no, sh shouted Lucian, but it was too late. James tried to shoot off his arm. <laughs> this is all happening in front of a live audience. Yeah, this is going on. People cheering and mosh pitting, by the way. So. Oh. And then, wait, he pulled off his knife. He tried to shoot off his arm. And then I jumped sexily in front of the bullet. Oh, wow. No, yelled everyone, but it was too late. Suddenly, everything went black. Bum, bum, bum. Wow. That's a great way to end a concert, I think. Someone messes up one little chord on a guitar and you start fighting and shooting each other. That's great. That's exactly. Yep. Reminds me of my first Green Day concert. All right. Chapter 39. I am a trolling genius. Okay. Lols. Wait, I'm sorry. I have to stop you. Austin, was this for real, like, copied exactly as it was from her original fiction? I guess so. I don't know. Okay. Is there something we should know? Well, this whole entire next part, the author's note and everything. Yeah, this is chapter 39. Okay. Okay, I'm... <laughs> you guys got mine. Jacob. 
You had my interest, but now you have my curiosity. Well, read the title of chapter 39. I am a trolling genius, lols. That's all I have. Is there another part? No, to it? I think that's that, it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we're in for here. Disclaimer I do not own the HP series. I am not the real triple X bloody wrist 666 triple X. Is that anything we should know about, or is that okay? It's going to be fine. Yeah. Okay. AN. I am an extremely immature, pathetic idiot girl I know. Out of boredom, I cracked this girl's passy for fun, like pacifier, and it took less than eight minutes to do it, too. And we'll probably get a shitload of trouble, which we'll probably deserve because I'm being a troll right now. Meh. I think she means password. Passy? Passy is oh. password. And I present to you my crappy part in this story. And take note, I haven't even finished reading this fic yet, but instead skip over to skim chapter 38. Flame, laugh, do whatever you want. I, the American retail-wearing British vampire, Sue, coughed up blood. Satan kneeled down beside me. No, don't die. I gave him a rueful smile. I'm sorry. It's something I had to do to fulfill my duty as the noble gothic Mary Sue. Satan sobbed. I love you, Ebony. I love you, too. I'll, I'll see you in hell. I mumbled, already finding my surroundings fading to black. Bloody Mary Smith suddenly popped in the room for no apparent reason. She frowned when she realized the room was oddly quiet. But at the sight of Ebony's, Ebony's lifeless body, she screamed. Her face became pale with horror. She screamed for the healers, Dumbledore, McGoogle, <laughs> and every single gothic person she could think of. Suddenly, a glow started to surround the body of Ebony. Everyone stared in shock. Her body started to lift ever so slowly, and then, to everyone's shock, it started to accelerate. When everyone realized what was happening, they rushed over to try to rescue the body, but it was too late. The Sioux became nothing more than a pile of ashes. A loud resounding of everyone bellowing, No! filled the room. A flash of light from the ashes then started to bounce around the room. Everyone cowered in fear and were temporarily blind. When it was all over, things changed. All the silly goth clothes dropped from everyone's bodies. Author's note. I will refuse to explain how the hell that happened. And in their place, clothes the characters were normally wear in canon appeared on their bodies. Okay, all right. <laughs> when everyone got over the shock of becoming free of the gothic power, everyone cheered. Oh. <laughs> everyone started singing Ding Dong, the Sioux is Dead. Well, that is until the HP characters realized the true implications of becoming more canon-like again. All the characters who were supposed to be dead fell to the floor, their bodies cold and lifeless. Harry and Voldemort started dueling. On the left side of the two, the battle of the light side and the dark side were reaching a climax. And because the sudden replacement author also likes to screw around with canon, Draco and Hermione fled the scene that got married. Oh, I like that alternative. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> Let's see how that would have worked out. Meanwhile, down in hell, hell now, Ebony shed a single tear because of her current situation. A situation that would live for all eternity. Or at least until the end of the fanfiction time. She lost it all. She knew she had to remain strong. Nothing would ever break her down. She looked down over her pale body and frowned. Where are my emo clothes? She asked herself in confusion. And it occurred to her. For her shirt, she was wearing a bright pink polo with a little seagull on the right. Right or left, I, I can't remember side. Below that, she was wearing a denim miniskirt with the destroyed look on it. I guess that's like ripped up miniskirt? I think so. Okay, whatever. Some kind of miniskirt. Underneath that, 
They were leggings with a little moose at the bottom. She was carrying a pretty bag with an eagle on it, and it said, Live your life, written all over the bag. This is a drastic change. Ebony suppressed the urge to scream. Here she was decked out in clothes prepped to the extreme, wearing stuff from Abercrombie and Fitch, American Eagle and Hollister. Panicked, Ebony hastily tried to take off the Hollister polo, but underneath it, there was another Hollister polo. Underneath. (laughs) Ebony frowned and looked under her shirt. All she saw was a bra underneath. Dare I point out it's from the airy line available at American Eagle. Oh my god. Ebony tried to remove the shirt again, but to her frustration, there was yet again another polo to replace it. This is unlogical and does not make any sense. Ebony bellowed out to the air. She failed to see the irony of her statement, how hypocritical her words were, seeing as she was practically calling the kettle black here. Ebony slit her wrist and mumbled to herself, Oh my god. Slash in crap fic. Author's you note. can stop there if you want. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, that is a very interesting take. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think that Austin knows better than I do, but somebody claimed to hack into her account, type that up as an ending for the story, and then later I think Tara comes back and said, oh, my account was hacked, and then continues on her story. Oh, okay, that makes sense now okay so the beginning was like hey i broke into her thing this is how the story ends she comes back and says no that's crap right okay something like that right austin yep interesting okay yeah cool deal well that concludes my mortal uh that's it right no more for now (laughs) for now now. (laughs) (laughs) there's still what a few more chapters one more chapter four or five which i'm pretty sure we can wrap up soon and then we'll have to decide on what crazy after episode thing we're gonna do moving forward the post show maybe a break what jacob the post show oh yeah only, post show. only five dollars post show discussion talking dead Ooh. oh my gosh <sighs> yeah that was a thing that was a thing well this is a long one this is a long one you guys if you're still listening thank you yes thank you for listening i guess that wraps us all up here bye everyone see you next week